there. Welcome to the Calm Podcast, combining academia and life with Marilyn. My name is Marilyn Ritchie, and I have been a mentor and a scientist for 15 years, and I wanted to find a platform to reach more of the academic community than I interact with at my own university. My goal is to give you strategies and ideas for how to achieve harmony between work and life. Sit back, relax, and let's achieve harmony together. Hey there, this is Marilyn back for another episode of the Calm Podcast, combining academia and life with Marilyn. Thank you for joining me. We are here uh, two weeks into 2021. I don't think that this is what we expected 2021 to be, or maybe it is. I guess we all knew that nothing was going to change dramatically on January 1st, but I will say we are off to a rocky start. I keep joking with friends and colleagues that maybe it's not really 2021 yet. Maybe we're still in 2020. And how about 2021 starts on January 20th? You know, that's 120. 1 plus 20 equals 21. So how about then? It'll be 2021. And until then, we are in December 43rd or whatever day it is. So anyway, we have to remember that January 1st, of a new year does not hit a reset button or an easy button. We all knew that we were in a hard season and this hard season was gonna continue. And not surprisingly, we're still amidst a pandemic. We have a vaccine, but distribution is going slower than many would like. We're very much still in the Black Lives Matter revolution. I think this last week has shown us just how rampant white supremacy and racism really are. The economy is in a rough spot. There's a lot of people who have lost jobs and continue to lose jobs. There's a lot of fear and anxiety. That is not what this podcast is about, is all the negativity. I just want to to make sure that we're all just aware of all of the hard things that are out there. And we may only be experiencing one or two of them, but there are so many hard things going on right now. And so taking some time to just remember, especially if you're interacting with people, you know, on Zoom calls or by email or on the internet or in person, and maybe the interactions aren't optimal and you're not really happy with how people are interacting, just remember that we're in a hard season and everybody's processing this differently. I've seen a great meme about this that um, people keep saying like, oh, we're all in the same boat. And This meme says, no, we're not in the same boat. We're all in the same storm. But the type of boat that each of us are in are very different. Some people are cruising around in a yacht through this storm, and other people are holding on to a pallet through the ocean, like Jack and Rose in at the end of the Titanic. So just keep that in mind as we're kind of interacting with people through life. So... What I decided I wanted to talk about today is um, kind of what are the things that are keeping me grounded and calm during this time. I participated in a workshop on January 1st that's called Growth Day. 
It was put on by Brendan Burchard, who I'm sure you've heard me talk about. He's one of my favorite um, personal development coaches and authors. And I want to share some points that were made by two of the speakers. So this day, actually, I think in the end, there were nine different speakers. This was a four-hour workshop that fortunately, you know, my family was all kind of chilling and relaxing on January 1st and had nothing going on. And so I was able to participate in this for four straight hours. It was absolutely awesome. So first, uh, Mel Robbins was one of the speakers. If you're not familiar with Mel, she is an author. Uh, She did a great TED Talk about the five-second rule. I think I've mentioned her before in the podcast. She has this concept where to get yourself to go do something, you have a five-second rule where you say five, four, three, two, one, and then you jump off the couch or jump out of your chair and go do the thing. It's a way to self-motivate. She was talking about this hard time that we're in and gave us a really good reminder that there is something for us inside of this really hard experience. It's the case in any hard time or hard season that there are lessons to learn. So maybe a few years from now, we're going to realize that there was a lesson that we were supposed to learn in this time. And we're going to say, like, for me, that's what this was for. Obviously, all of these things are happening, not for one reason, not the same reason for everyone, but there is something that we can learn about ourselves and about our lives through this really hard time. And the other thing is that she said, you know, maybe we should view this great pause, which is basically what this is. This was a giant pause that has never happened for any of our lives before. We all got the pause at the same time And maybe this is a tipping point, that there's a a before COVID and an after COVID, and that we could use this as an opportunity to to redefine ourselves. And she specifically said she's using this to redefine herself. She was kind of very motivated by external rewards and being busy and having lots of events. And she said, you know, post-COVID, she's not going to do that. The other person who spoke that really resonated with me was Jenna Kutcher. She uh, has a blog and a podcast called The Gold Digger Podcast. I think I've mentioned her before on, on this podcast as well. She talked about how this whole experience of 2020 can be viewed as a chasm. So there's a before 2020 and an after 2020. And that we should look at it in that way. This is a chasm. And right now we're still in it. But after, what do we want it to look like? And she said one of the things that she is focusing on is prioritizing um, that what we do with our time. We don't need to do more. We need to do more of the right stuff. And that really resonated with me because there are times that I feel like I'm so busy, but I have so much to do. I've got to get more done. And I do have to pause and think through, wait, what am I spending my time on? I probably don't actually need to do more things. I just need to use my time better and do more of the right things rather than just more things broadly. So 
If you are interested in Growth Day, I think that some of the content is being made available through Brendan Burchard's uh, podcast or website. Growthday.com is where I went to get the content. I think there's a whole program that you can sign up for and be a part of, but um, some of the content is also free. And also, if you look through who the speakers were, many of them are making their content and the same messages available through their own podcasts or uh, websites as well. So as I think about kind of what I wanted to talk about today, after participating in Growth Day and, and just experiencing what's been happening over the last 10 days, I decided that I thought it would be helpful to talk about what are the things that I'm focusing on that are helping me get through this hard season. Uh, there's a, a phrase that I learned about on Jen Hatmaker's For the Love podcast. The quote comes from Barbara Brown Taylor, a famous author, and she asks, what is saving your life right now? This is a question that Jen Hatmaker asks at the end of every podcast. I think about it frequently, and as I created this podcast, I was thinking through what are the things that are saving my life right now and allowing me to get through this hard season with grace and calm. And so today I'm going to tell you the 10 things that are saving my life right now. All right, the first thing that I am loving right now is slow coffee. First of all, I have to say that I didn't even know this was a thing, but when I heard about it, I realized that I do it, and now I'm like doing it twice a day. So um, where this phrase comes from is I am a huge fan of the Better Together podcast with Maria Menounos. Her, um, one of her team members, Jeffrey Crane Graham, talked about this in December when they were talking about what they were going to do for the holidays. He said, you know, one of the things that the Graham family does is that they have slow coffee. And Maria Menounos and um, everyone else on the podcast, like, laughed and really pushed on this. Like, what is slow coffee? What does that even mean? And so the idea is that you make your cup of coffee and you sit and zone out and slowly sip and savor the coffee. And it's kind of this just moment of zen with the coffee that you take your time and enjoy the coffee. I had never heard of this as a thing, slow coffee, but when they talked about it, I was just so heartwarmed because that's what I do. In the morning, I make my coffee, I go sit down. And in fact, I'm gonna say, just so everyone knows, I set my alarm to wake up before the other humans in my house because I want my slow coffee by myself. I just wanna sit in the quiet and sip my coffee. Now, some days I add a book and read during slow coffee and, and some days I listen to a podcast, but a lot of days I just sit and stare out the window or just zone out and enjoy my slow coffee. I'll also point out uh, a book that I love that 
I read a couple of years ago. It's called The Miracle Morning. It's by Hal Elrod. And he talks about six things that can really kickstart your day as part of your morning routine. Uh, the, the acronym is SAVERS, S-A-V-E-R-S. And it stands for silence, affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading, and scribing. Slow coffee is basically time to sit with your warm beverage and do the first three of those, silence. And then if you're into affirmations or visualization, that's a great time to do it. That's kind of when I am thinking about the day, visualizing how I want it to go, kind of really setting myself up for the day. So if you've never heard of this, and if you want a good laugh, go online and Google Slow Coffee with Better Together podcast, and you'll find the clip of them talking about it. It was just so cute and delightful to see. But if you have not tried to just sit and enjoy your coffee in peace and quiet, instead of rushing around in the morning, like grabbing a coffee on your way out the door, grabbing coffee as you're getting on your first Zoom call, instead, try to get up a little bit earlier and just sit and savor and enjoy your coffee. And it's just such a pleasant way to start the day. All right, number two, movement. This is something that I feel like I talk about all the time. I'm probably becoming a broken record. But I have 100% learned that the more that I move my body, and that's walking, elliptical, doing yoga, I got an under-the-desk pedal cycle bike, you know, that sits under my desk. So now when I'm on Zoom calls, I can sit and pedal, stretching, whatever it is that you like to do for movement. When I am really regimented and move my body for at least 30 minutes a day, I have more energy throughout the day. I sleep better at night, which I've not spent the time to figure out the physiology for why that is, but I 100% sleep better when I have exercised that day. My stress levels are reduced. My mood is better. I've even noticed this with my kids. So my 15-year-old has started working out pretty regularly, and he is a different person. He is so much more pleasant. He is able to handle, you know, academic setbacks and sports setbacks so much easier now that he is exercising regularly. And so I'm going to start working on this with my 12-year-old, too, who, uh, you know, is right in that adolescent tween to teen transition that can be really... Um, hormonally and emotionally challenging. I think movement really is a key to just stabilizing our hormones and our neurotransmitters, and it's just a huge help all around. So after my slow coffee, I get some movement. Number three that is saving my life right now is making food a priority. And I mean this in a very broad sense. I have found that I was getting into a rut with food. You know, we've been home for nine or 10 months now, primarily eating home-cooked food and a little bit of takeout. And I was just getting just tired of eating and tired of the whole meal thing. It was just, it was becoming more of a nuisance than anything. And I decided over the holidays that it didn't have to be that way. So we've been trying to spend some time looking for new meal ideas and getting more creative about what we're cooking. 
So that is taking some time to just, you know, look for interesting meal options. I've been really thinking a lot about nutrition and making sure that we're balanced in the meal choices that we're making. We've been trying some new things. We've been doing a little bit more meal planning, making sure that, you know, we have kind of something in mind for lunch and dinner each day instead of it's now noon and everyone's hungry and we're like scrambling around the kitchen trying to figure out what to eat. And so by making food a priority and and making it more interesting, it's helping to make sure that we're eating a more balanced, nutritious diet and it's taking kind of the negative pressure off of that aspect and instead making it something that I'm looking forward to. I mean, in general, I'm a food person. I'm a foodie. I love food. I love to eat. I schedule the day around meals. But I was finding that I was getting into kind of a negative brain space around food. Now that I've made it a priority to make it interesting, to find new recipes and try new things, and especially the types of food that I miss going to restaurants for, I'm like, let's find a recipe and make it at home. And so You know, we've made the melting pots beer cheese fondue, and we've made their turtle chocolate fondue. And uh, we're trying to replicate ramen noodles that you would get at a Japanese restaurant. That is making it a lot more fun to do meal prep, to do meal planning, and to eat. This stems into the next thing, number four. Pinterest has become my absolute favorite app. I have been scrolling Pinterest so much more than any other social media right now, predominantly because there's so much negativity on everything else. And on Pinterest, I can find food ideas. So a lot of the recipe ideas are coming from Pinterest. I'm also finding a lot of craft ideas, um, different organization ideas for around the house, different books to read, different uh, organization strategies for work just finding so many interesting things on Pinterest. And so I'm finding that that app is kind of a way to escape when, you know, when it's a time that I just want to zone out for a little bit on my phone. It's, it's not time to be working on something. It's not time to be, uh, getting something specific done. I just have, you know, a little 15 minute window that I just want to zone out. Pinterest is inspiring me to do interesting things at other times of the day. And it's showing me, you know, different ways to organize a closet or different ways to organize the spices in the pantry, which is always just such a mess. So if you are not a Pinterest person, I strongly recommend checking it out. It's, I find a great app for just kind of zoning out and looking at things that interest you. Number five is reading. I am just diving into so many different books lately, and it has been just such a nice escape from everything else that's going on. I have found some different novels have been really helpful to quite literally escape the reality that we're living in. I've read a couple of historical fiction novels, a couple of kind of chick flick romance novels, um, some that are more kind of mystery and suspense, all of them. I would just say whatever kind of novel you're interested in, it's been such a nice way to give my eyes a break from screens. So normally I would veg out and watch, you know, 
some show or movie, but my eyes are tired of looking at screens. And so books have been a nice break. So I'm using actual books, like with paper that I hold in my hands, not a, a Kindle or other app. I've also been reading some different personal development and leadership books. Again, I have found some of those to just be really inspiring and motivating and giving me some structure and some things to focus on in terms of my own kind of day-to-day self, but also in terms of my management of my team and my lab. And I've also been diving into some books that are by black authors that are specifically focused on racism and white supremacy and white privilege. Those are a little bit harder to get through in terms of they just, uh, there's a lot of shame and guilt and a lot of negative emotions that kind of stir up when you read some of these things. Because I think for many of us, uh, I think we were just so blind to what was happening. And when you read some of these books, it's really eye-opening, but I think it's so important. And so as we move through this Black Lives Matter revolution and continue to seek change in the way that people of color are treated um, in this country, I think reading those books is really important. So what I'm trying to do is kind of balance myself out with a, a novel and something that's personal development and or leadership and something about racism or white privilege. Uh, I've tried kind of having three books going at one time. I've tried just kind of circulating through uh, whatever works. Currently, I'm doing the circulating through. So I'm reading like start to finish a book of one type and then next a different type and next a different type. And that seems to be working well. But it's giving me time to just kind of, you know, snuggle up on the couch next to the fire with a blanket on and escape reality and either, you know, just do something that's enjoying, enjoyable or read something that is educational and giving me a lot of information that's useful. All right, we're halfway there. Number six is I've been trying to be much more intentional about intentional about making something or doing something with my hands. Brene Brown has talked about this in some of her work, that there really is something that happens in our brains when we are creative and we are making things, that it's good for the human condition. It is kind of activates a different type of our brain and it's just so important. And so I've been making t-shirts. I did some for the holidays for our like family holiday pajamas. I made different shirts for every member of my family. I've been making um, cups and mugs uh, using a Cricut to cut out the vinyl lettering to, to write words on cups. I started making some ornaments that even though the holidays are over, I'm still working on them because it's only 11 and a half months until the next holiday. And I'll, I'll want these ornaments to be done by Thanksgiving of 2021. And so if you can find some way to do something creative with your hands, that can just be really rewarding in a different way that kind of is using a different part of our brain than what our typical work is doing. All right, number seven. This is probably going to sound so ridiculous to some of you, but I have been rage cleaning. I don't know if 
everyone knows what I mean by that, but I find that when I am super stressed out, like beyond stressed, very anxious or angry, I can clean or organize things like a mad woman. And it releases all of that pent up energy. It makes me feel so much better. I will blast some music in my headphones and just go to work cleaning the kitchen or folding the laundry or like pulling everything out of the closet to get it organized and put it back in. And it feels so much better than sitting there stewing about the issue. It feels better than calling every person I know to complain about the issue. And when I've calmed down and I'm breathing normally again, I have a clean living space. And I'm just so happy that in that heightened state of rage or stress or anxiety, I have something great and useful to show for it, which is that my closet is clean or my kitchen is clean. So I know that probably sounds so silly, but um, I think some of my family members have noticed, like if you see me with headphones on and I'm scrubbing the kitchen, just walk away. Just turn around, walk away. I'm clearly in a mood and cleaning is the best medicine. So if you have never tried rage cleaning, I highly recommend it. All right, number eight, one of the best purchases that I have made during the pandemic is a fondue pot. These are not expensive. You can get them on Amazon. You can also find them at, you know, Target or Walmart or, you know, almost anywhere. They are so much fun that it makes a meal or a dessert an experience. So as I mentioned when I talked about food at number three, we've had cheese fondue that you can serve with bread and different raw vegetables or apples. We've done chocolate that you can serve with fruits and um, pound cake and marshmallows. It is a relaxing way to enjoy a meal. It's fun. If you can do it with your family members or close friends that you're, um, you know, in a pod with and you're not uh, worried about COVID, it can be interactive as well. We've done it multiple times in my house and every time we are all so excited and have so much fun and it's it's like a whole thing. It's a whole event for dinner instead of just like eating a sandwich. So if you have never tried a fondue pot, strongly recommend it. There are great recipes on Pinterest that you can find for what you can make in a fondue pot, but beyond excellent investment that we made during the pandemic. All right, number nine is sleep. I did not realize how much I was focusing on sleep until over the holiday break. So first of all, I slept long nights. And, you know, I didn't set an alarm in the morning because we didn't really have to be up. I was sleeping eight to nine hours, some nights 10 hours. And then I was taking naps sometimes during the day. And I was like, oh my gosh, I did not realize like how amazing sleep feels. I don't know, when when we're stressed and we're anxious and we're busy, it's just so easy to stay up too late, set an alarm, get up too early. You know, I generally try to sleep seven to eight hours a night, 
but towards the end of 2020 with some of the deadlines I had, I know I was more in the like six to seven hour range. Now that I'm back into the eight to nine hour range, I just feel so much better. And so if you are one of those people who is burning the candle at both ends and not getting enough sleep, I strongly urge you to figure out how to get more sleep. It just, it makes everything else feel better. So 100% sleep is saving my life right now. All right, and number 10. I was getting kind of tired of various shows and movies that had been coming out. I don't know. I just, they were not making me feel good. I was actually just getting more irritated and cranky in watching them. And so again, over the holidays, we started this and it's just kind of extended. And that's watching old movies that that you've seen before, but that you love. So movies from the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s, it doesn't really matter what decade, but they're predictable. You know what's going to happen. They're fun, or well, a lot of them are fun. They can be nostalgic. So I know we've been going back watching old Star Wars movies and Lord of the Rings. We certainly watched a bunch of the, you know, holiday movie classics, but we've also just been pulling out some comedies that we love from the 90s and early 2000s, and it's just been so much fun. And so if you haven't tried kind of going back to your list of old favorite movies, it is just such a good escape from the realities of what are happening right now and just takes you back to a kind of kinder, gentler time and can really just kind of make you feel good. Well, that is my list. Those are the 10 things that are really helping me get through this time. If you haven't tried some of those things, give it a try. Maybe it will uh, make you feel a little little bit better as we inch toward uh, whatever the new year, the new 2021 feels like, unlike the first week. I... I want to just take one moment to thank those of you who have been listening. I logged in today to kind of get all prepped to record this podcast, and I noticed that I have had more than 3,000 listens to the Calm podcast since I started it nine months ago. Thank you. That makes me feel so great to know that someone is listening to this, and I'm enjoying making them, and so as long as someone is getting something out of it, you know, I'm going to keep recording. I also wanted to remind you that I love getting feedback and suggestions. It certainly helps me to make decisions about what to what to do on the podcast. You can find me on Twitter. The handle is at the Calm Podcast. You could also email me at thecalmpodcast.feedback at gmail.com. I welcome any and all feedback. You can also leave feedback on your uh, podcast app of choice, and I really appreciate it. And if you like the podcast, share it with your friends. Tell them about it. I have a few work colleagues who just learned about it, you know, 20 episodes in, and they were like, how did I not know that this was out there? And I guess it's because I'm a scientist, not a marketing person. So I'm not really sure how to market this. But For those of you who have been faithful listeners, thank you. For those of you who are new, I hope you enjoyed it. 
Next time, we are going to be talking about publication strategies. I've been working on this for quite a while. I've had a couple of people ask some questions and make the suggestion. And so next week, we're going to talk about publication strategies. But for this week, I'm going to wrap up. Thank you so much. Be well. You've just listened to another episode of The Calm Podcast. I hope that some of the strategies that I talked about are helpful to you in your journey through academia and life. As they say, it's not all about the destination. It's about the journey. Let's make it a great one. Until next time.